Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Come on, can we show some love to those that are watching on Facebook and YouTube as well? We're so thankful you're tuning in. And if you don't mind standing to your feet this morning, if you're willing and able, it's our custom and culture here to stand in honor of reading of God's word. We're going to be taking a look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. I'm reading out of the ESV this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23, written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. And I feel like this was the perfect scripture. These eight or nine verses we're going to be reading this morning as we talk about limitless power. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you need a second, say, hold up. All right. Hold up. It's in the New Testament if you're looking for it. Awesome. And uh, you can also follow along on the screen as well. Anybody ready for the word this morning? Awesome. It says this. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. I love how it talks about faith and it talks about love because that's literally what we talked about the past two weeks. Isn't that awesome how God works things out like that? I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the, what? Immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Somebody shout out limitless power. It says the immeasurable greatness of power towards us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule, and authority, and power, and dominion, and above every name that is named. It says authority, and power, and it continues to say, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he puts all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. Somebody say, I'm the body. The fullness of him who, what? Fills all in all. We're talking about the limitless power of God this morning and how you can tap into and experience the limitless power and authority that God has for you. Who in here, question, who in here is ready to live a life full of God's power and authority? Oh, come on, I'm going to ask you again because that didn't sound too convincing. I said, who in here is ready to live a life full of God's power and authority? There we go. Awesome. Can we pray together this morning? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for meeting us here. Jesus, this is all about you. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done on the cross, Lord. We put our focus and our attention on you, God. We pray that your name would be lifted up and that you would be glorified. We love you so much, God. We remove every distraction, every thing, God, that will try to take us away from these next few moments that we have here together. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. If you don't mind, turn to the person next to you and say, let's get to work this morning. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. Little life update. Um, This past week, made the switch and got my first apartment. I felt like it was time, and this is the first time I've actually lived on my own like this, and Felt like God said it was time as, as Brooklyn and I prepared to get married. And don't worry, she isn't moving in So after the wedding because we're keeping things holy like that, y'all. But 
felt like it was God's timing. And uh, not sure if you remember whenever you first moved out and you got your own place. Uh, but there's a lot entailed when it comes to getting your own place and, and, and applying for like an apartment. More than just like moving your belongings and furniture, which thank God for family and friends, right? But when it comes to applying for an apartment, there's things that you have to do, especially when it comes to even buying a house. You have to do something called uh, showing your proof of income, that you're able to live in the house or the apartment that you're applying for. Um, you also need to get something called renter's insurance as well. You have to get renter's insurance. Um, and then also, when it comes to skimming through the contracts and, and signing the papers, getting all that in order, scheduling a day for the technician to come and get internet installed as well, because who's thankful for internet and everything that we have, right? And also, unless you're cool with sitting on the floor in the kitchen or in the living room, you need some furniture, right? Which, thank God, um, you know, someone blessed me in Brooklyn with a dining room table and chairs and a washer and dryer, and we bought a $15 couch, y'all. $15. You heard that right, y'all. You know, I won't forget hearing stories of my parents, and they shared with me whenever they first got their own place. They said, Caleb, whenever we moved and got our own first apartment, it was just beans, rice, and Jesus Christ, you know? So, like, I don't know what your story and your upbringing was, but, like, if my kids ever complain to me one day, I'm going to say, you don't know what it means to struggle unless you get a $15 couch. You know what I mean? I'm just going to just insert that and make them feel guilty. But, you know, um, there's still one thing that anyone and everyone needs in order to live comfortably and efficiently. And that is power and electricity, right? Like, where would it be without power and electricity? It gives us AC, it powers our electronics and appliances and different things within the home. But I didn't know that there were so many different pro pro uh, providers and companies that offer you electricity that you get to choose from, right? And each one of them, they have different rates, and, and, and there's different benefits uh, when it comes to going with a company, right? So it's our responsibility. We went through different power companies and looked through different providers, and we were able to find one. And one of the things that they offered us was this. They said, hey, you can also get a protection plan, some type of insurance. That way, if there's ever a power surge or something like that, it helps protect your equipment. If there's any damage, we'll give you, like, this much money. And whenever they told us that, I was like, no, you know what? I think we're good, right? Get this, first night in the apartment this week, sitting on the couch, y'all, I hear this loud boom. My family, it was my, my sound effects. I was like, outside. And all of a sudden, everything within the house just flashed, y'all. Just like, I was like, what in the world is happening? Jesus, are you coming back right? Like, I don't know. It was loud and everything flashed. And I got up, and that's whenever I thought to myself, man, I should have got the insurance. She got the plan, right? So I go around, and I'm checking all the equipment, checking all everything, and, and thank God everything's functioning and working uh, properly. But turns out there was a power transformer that blew and disrupted the power within that apartment complex within that area. And I say that to say this, who knows, if there's one thing that we learned, especially during this past year with the freeze, it's that our electricity and power grid that so many of us rely upon every single day is so much more frail and fragile and fickle than we thought and we realized, right? That all it takes for people to go crazy, buy all the stuff in the grocery store, especially the toilet paper, I don't know what it is about the toilet paper, is for people to feel threatened by their power being shut off. But I have some good news for the believers in the building this Sunday morning, and it's this. It doesn't matter what type of crisis we may face, and if power gets shut off, who's thankful that the power of God can never be shut off? 
that the power of God in our lives can never be shelf. In the verse that we read in the beginning, it says that God has given us an immeasurable greatness of power to those who believe. In other words, I came to tell you that your God has a limitless supply of power that will never run out. Like, think about this for a second. Like, right now, God isn't in heaven worried about paying the, the electricity bill for next month so that way the lights in heaven can be kept on. In fact, you do realize that heaven doesn't even need a star or a sun like we have today, solar energy, whatever. He doesn't need that because God himself is the source of light and energy and power. That's why 1 John says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. That God himself, he is full of power. He is full of light. He is full of authority. I will never forget years ago, um, we had a guest speaker come in, y'all, to preach and minister on a Wednesday night. And whenever he came to minister on a Wednesday night, I kid you not, some of you probably remember this, the power in the middle of service got shut off. In the middle, in middle, in the middle of worship. But I love it because our church continued to worship and give God praise. People got their phones out, y'all. And the service continued. And what was even better than that, the presence of God could still be sensed in the atmosphere. In other words, the electricity and power was out, but God's power and presence was still in the building. Oh, I came to tell you, it doesn't matter if we don't have these stage lights. It doesn't matter if we don't have these projectors. It doesn't matter if we don't have these speakers, if we don't have this piano, if we don't have any of this technology, if we have no AC, if we have no electricity. All it takes is for the people of God to gather together, to lift up the name Jesus, to be hungry and ready to receive and say, God, I want you. And whenever that happens, y'all, the power of the Holy Spirit begins to enter into the room. And can I tell you something? There's no telling what can take place when the power of God comes into an assembly of saints. It's by the power of God that addicts can be set free. It's by the power of God that bodies can be healed. It's by the power of God that depression has to go. It's by the power of God and the power of the gospel that people are saved. Oh, come on. Does anybody in here believe and is anyone thankful for the power of God? Oh, you need to understand this y'all, there are churches right now gathering, even in third world countries and in communist nations that have to have church services underground and in caves and in places where they don't have all these different privileges that we have. Even right now, can you imagine in Ukraine, in the subway, in the subways and stuff, they don't have all this stuff, but they have a mouth, they have their voice, they have their hands, and they begin to lift up the name of Jesus. And the same power that we're experiencing this Sunday morning is the same power that they are tapping into. Oh, come on. Is anybody here thankful for the power of God? Can we go ahead and give him praise just for five seconds for his power? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Talking about the power of God, question for you this morning. Have you tapped into and have you experienced the power of God in your life? What, what power are you relying on? Are you relying on your power alone? 
Is your trust just in your own ability, your efforts, your career, your health, your bank account, your admiration and popularity for others? Like who or what is your ultimate source and provider of power in your life? I love what David said in Psalm chapter 20, verse 7. He said, some trust in chariots, others in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. In other words, I came to tell you this morning, there, I feel God's presence, there is no weapon, there is no tool, there is no power, there is no authority, there is nothing here in this world, and not only, only in this world, but in the heavenly realm, in the spirit, that can compare to the power and authority of your God. Have you tapped into it? That's why Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, he said, oh man, anybody getting this this morning? And God, in order for us to be effective, y'all, we must allow him to work in our lives through his power. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, he said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, there's a difference between being in a church building and being in Christ. He said, if I abide in you, you abide in me. He bears much fruit from part me. You can do nothing, meaning that if we want to do anything, somebody say anything, of spiritual or eternal significance, Jesus Christ must be our lifeline and he must be our source. And here's the amazing thing about God and his power. God isn't stingy when it comes to sharing his power with his followers. In fact, God has always been looking for a people to inhabit, always been looking for a people to fill with his presence and fill with his power. Oh, if you need to know one thing about God, it's just that he is a filler. That whenever God created even space, y'all, he filled it with stars. He filled it with moons. He filled it with planets. He filled it with galaxies, right? When God created the atmosphere surrounding the earth, he filled it with clouds. He filled it with birds. Whenever God created the ocean, he filled it with whales. He filled it with fish. He filled it with other aquatic life. But in the beginning, in the Genesis creation account, we see the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. And that was a picture of how it was for the people within the Old Testament, where the Spirit of God, the power and presence of God, would come and rest on certain groups of people and certain individuals, even in that old covenant at different times, y'all. But whenever they failed, whenever they fell short, whenever they fulfilled what they're supposed to do, the Spirit of God would begin to lift off. That's why David said in Psalm chapter 51, verse 11, he said, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. See, David knew the importance, y'all, of the presence of God. He knew it. You need to understand this this morning. What am I trying to say? That you were created to be filled with the power and the presence of God. And thanks to what Jesus Christ has done over 2,000 years ago on Calvary, now we can be filled with the presence of God that on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God was poured out on all flesh. And now we can carry and we can access supernatural power. I'm talking about power that David wished he had, that Moses wished he had, that Abraham. You know, sometimes, you know, we think, oh, when we get to heaven, we're going to talk to these people one day and say, how was it like to, to do this? How was it like to do that? How was it like to experience that? But can you imagine, y'all, we have something. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and they're going to say, how was it like to have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you because of what Jesus Christ has done? 
That's why the Bible says that the same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave lives and dwells inside of you. That's why Jesus told the disciples when he is, before he ascended, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait to receive power from heaven. That's why Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or imagine, according to what? According to the power that is at work within us. Somebody shout out, I have been given power. I've been given authority. Who's thankful for the Spirit of God in our lives? Come on, do we have any Spirit-filled people in the building this morning? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ah, first point this morning I want you to get is this. Anybody tracking and following along? I hope I'm not going too fast for y'all. I know I get past. I feel God's presence, y'all. I'm just so excited to share this with y'all. First point this morning. God has given you access to his power and authority. He's given you access to it. Like we've already talked about how God's power is limitless. It's unmatched. And it's available and attainable to all of us today. But if that's true, why do so many Christians and so many followers of Jesus walk around defeated and act like they're powerless? Like, do we really believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? Because if that's true... Shouldn't that change the way that we walk? Shouldn't that change the way that we talk? Shouldn't that change the way that we act? Oh, you know one thing that made the ministry of Jesus Christ stand out during that time? It's that he taught as one who had authority. When other people heard Jesus speak in synagogues in different places, like Jesus, he knew how to create a crowd. There were thousands of people lingering and, and being around him, catching on to every word that he had. Why? Because they said, man, there's something different about this teacher. He speaks as one who has authority. And not only did Jesus talk in authority, but Jesus also walked in authority. There wasn't a demon he couldn't cast out. There wasn't a disease or sickness he couldn't heal. There wasn't a, a, a problem that he couldn't solve. Jesus had authority. Somebody say, Jesus had authority. And he has authority. See, he had authority. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus, it says this. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority. Somebody say, all authority. In heaven and on earth has been what? given to me. And here's the great thing about God. We talked about how he loves sharing his power. Get this. Jesus shared that same power and authority that he had with his disciples and followers to prepare them for whenever he wasn't there. He was discipling them, and he knew that in order for them to reach the masses and to be effective, he didn't want just him to have power. But Luke chapter 9 and verse 1, it says this, and he called the 12 together, and it says that he gave them what? Power and what? Authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Somebody shout out power. power. Authority. It says that God, that Jesus, gave them power and authority. Now, these two, I want to talk about this for a second. These two may sound similar in nature, and they do work hand in hand at times. But power and authority are different things. Like if you're taking notes this morning, you may want to write this down. I'm going to, I'm going to share with you. Simply stated, power is the ability or the potential to do something. Power is the ability or the potential to do something. But authority is the formal and legal right to take action, give orders, and to get things done and use that power. 
Authority is the legal and formal right to take action, give orders, and to get things done. Let me explain what I mean a little bit, okay? And, and just, I don't know if we have any sports fans in the buildings or anything like that, but, you know, I was at my little brother's basketball game, you know, yesterday too, and this is true when it comes to basketball and also football, which, by the way, you don't know what it is, uh, you know, to see passionate, a passionate crowd and people until you see parents cheerleading their children in the game. Like, I don't even have to watch novellas or soap operas. I can just go to my little brother's basketball game because there have been, like, four fights, y'all. Between, like, refs and parents and coaches, been crazy, y'all. But let's, let's take this, for example, power and authority. Let's take, like, a professional football game, y'all. Who knows the players on the field? They're big. They're strong. They're tough. They're fast. And people would even say that they're powerful, right? But they're not the ones in authority on the field. You know who carries authority on the field? The black and white striped shirt people, the referees that can stop the clock, throw flags, and if a player gets out of line, kick them out of the game. Now, I understand they both have guidelines and responsibilities and somebody to answer to. They have, they have rules that they have to follow, but there's a difference in their power and there's a difference in their authority. You tracking along with what I'm saying right now? Oh, we need to understand this because that means that whenever Satan, that whenever Lucifer, whenever the devil tries to come against you and your family and he tries to intimidate you and he begins to belittle you and you begin to feel oppression and attack and he tries to make you feel less than and he tries to try to make you feel small. Yes, he may be powerful, whatever, but can I tell you something? Then those moments you need to stand in the authority of Jesus Christ and say, devil, I may not look like much by myself, but I have been given authority and power so right now in Jesus name I exercise this authority and I exercise this power and I say you have to get your hands out of my mind off my family off my marriage off my children oh the Bible says oh come on somebody the Bible says that the Satan he prowls around to and fro like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour he came to steal kill and destroy but I love what Jesus said he said behold I have given you authority to trample over serpents to trample over scorpions what is that that's demonic that's spiritual warfare and over all the what powers of the enemy in other words God has given you power and authority oh come on somebody shout out I have power I have authority But why do so many Christians walk around like they don't? Why do people walk around all the time like they're defeated and discouraged and barely making it and barely getting by? You have access to authority. But how do we access it? Second point. This is where we're going to have to switch and flip. Here's the flip side to this. You access God's power and authority by being under. I want to back up what I'm saying and start off what I'm saying with, with Scripture and looking at the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 10. Anybody receive and understand what's being taught this morning? Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 10 says it like this. When he, speaking of Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion, which a centurion was a Roman military official officer who was in command of a number of troops and soldiers, a platoon of soldiers, came forward to him, appealing to him, saying, Lord... My servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the Santerian replied, get this, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. 
but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. This is the only time in Scripture that is recorded that Jesus is marveled and amazed at someone's great faith that they had. And it wasn't to a disciple. It wasn't to one of his followers. It wasn't to someone within covenant of God, within Jewish descent. It wasn't to a rabbi. It wasn't to a Pharisee. It wasn't to none of those things. It was to a Gentile Roman military centurion who understood the principle of being under authority. Can you imagine him hearing and seeing Jesus exercise and operate in this authority to cast demons out and to heal people. Jesus exercised that authority that he had. So he goes to Jesus, I'm paraphrasing. He goes to Jesus and he says, he has a conversation with Jesus about authority. He said, I too am a man under authority. Notice how he didn't say I am in authority. He said, I am under authority. I tell this soldier to go and he goes. I tell this soldier to do this and, do, and he does it. I, I tell this soldier to come and he comes. I, I tell this soldier, I, I am a man under authority. And Jesus, I see that you carry a similar type of authority in a spiritual sense, in a heavenly sense, that you also operate in authority. So I tell you what, Jesus, you don't even have to speak the, you don't even have to come and, and come to my house under my roof. I have the faith to believe that all you have to do is speak the word. And when you speak the word, the word will go because you have authority. Why? Because he saw the anointing that he carried. Jesus said this. He said, all authority in heaven has been what given to me Jesus was under authority father not my will but your will be done God God he, he was under authority he was under submission he was under the power I'm telling you what right now I'm telling you what that's why he was under authority and in that y'all we see the secret to tapping into God's limitless power and authority and it's by submitting and surrendering underneath the authority and the power of God in other words don't expect to have authority if you're not under it. Don't expect to have authority if you're not under it. That's why some people say the name of Jesus and nothing happens. Because you don't have authority in the name if you're not under the name. You can say, in Jesus' name, I command this fever to go. Yeah, but that whole week you've been living like hell. How do you expect to have authority in the name and power in the name if you're not first under the name? See, we need to bring our life under the submission of that name, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And then when we're under the authority of God, we begin to have the authority of God. And that's when we can begin to speak. That's when we can begin to see demons flee and spirits leave. I'm telling you, that's when we can see bodies. So that's where chains can be broken. Why? Because we are underneath the authority of God. Oh, I know this is old school preaching. I know this is a tough pill to follow, swallow, but can I tell you something? There's so many people that are comfortable with Jesus being their Savior, but not their Lord. There's some people that just come and date God on the weekends and they do whatever else they want throughout the whole week. 
I'm not going to flirt with God. I'm not dating God. No, I'm in covenant with God. I'm in relationship with Jesus. And God has my best interest at heart. And that's why whenever I feel like doing this or feel like going this way, that's why I live a life of permission and say, God, is this where you want me to go? Is this what you want me to do? God, I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. Somebody say under authority. Oh, come on, somebody. I want to give you this quote right here. It says this, and I felt led to share this on the screen because I don't want you guys to miss it. It says this. It says, some people are under what they should be over. Talking about a principle. Some people are under what they should be over because they are over what they should be under. If you're taking notes, feel free to write that down. Take a picture. Some people are under what they should be over because they are over what they should be under. Not only do I want to give you a quote, but I want to give you a visual example and picture as well. Thank you, babe. Oh. And those online, you should be able to see this too. Let's say, just for example, that the authority of God is this umbrella, right? And let's say, <laughs> let's say that the rain, y'all, represents the attacks from the enemy or the problems or the issues that we're going to experience and face in life. The authority of Christ is a lot like this umbrella, y'all. Whenever you use it properly and you stand under the authority, guess what that means? We are covered. But the problem and issue becomes, just like the picture to the right, is whenever we get things backwards and we think we are over the authority of God. And whenever trials and tribulations or attacks from the enemy come, it begins to stack up and add up and weigh us down, and we're underneath the pressure of everything, and that's why some Christians walk around discouraged, defeated, and act like they're powerless all the time, because they got themselves out of order. See, this is how we're supposed to stand. This is how we're supposed to walk. This is how we're supposed to speak. This is how we're supposed to act. Being underneath the authority of Christ, being under the authority of God. Anybody get what I'm saying right now? And can I tell you something right now, too? Just because you have an umbrella doesn't mean that the rain and trials and tribulations and the attack from the enemy won't come. Because it will come. Jesus said, don't be surprised whenever you face trials and tribulations for those things will come. But here's the factor, and this is what makes things different in our lives as a believer and as a follower of Jesus. That whenever we are under the authority, I feel God's anointing, whenever we are under the authority of God, what begins to happen, even when that day of adversity comes and we do feel an attack, guess what? Because we are under the authority, we will be able to stand strong in that authority and we'll be able to rise above that authority. Oh, come on, this is biblical. It's like the two builders. One built his life or built his house on the sand, the other built his house on the rock, right? But whenever the winds and the waves came and, and began to come, guess what? One house was still standing. It was the man who built his life. Who, that was what it symbolized, his house on the rock. And that's why some of you are in this building right now and still living and breathing because you have been under attack at times. You faced opposition from the enemy. The devil tried to take some of you out. You've been through so many different things in life. And if we're being honest, some of us shouldn't be here right now. But 
but one day you bowed your knee, one day you came under the authority of Jesus Christ, and when you came under the authority of Jesus Christ, guess what? This is what Satan doesn't want you to do. This is what Satan doesn't want you to live like. This is, this is, this is, see, Satan is afraid of a believer that is under the authority. He's afraid of praying parents that go to their children's room and begin to speak the word of God to them as they sleep. He's afraid of a believer that's on fire for God and that's hungry for God. And you're not casual. Let me tell you what right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Be careful when you treat God casually because you could become a casualty. Are you under the authority? Oh, and this is the principle. This is so practical, y'all, too, because let me give you an example, right? There are some people who are under addictions and struggling with addictions because they think that they are over and too prideful for something like accountability with other believers and transparency with, with other believers under the authority of God. There are some people, maybe some of you, that you're underneath constant anxiety, fear, frustration, and worry because you think that you are over and too busy for something like prayer and talking to God and resting on him. Oh, you do realize that even, I've, I've looked into it, that doctors have found out that prayer has the same effect on the brain as talking to a therapist or a counselor. That's no coincidence why Jesus is called our wonderful counselor in the book of Isaiah. There's some things, oh, come on, somebody. There are some things in your life, I came to tell you this morning, there are some things that you will not get over unless you first get under what God has called you to get under. How do you become underneath the authority of Jesus Christ? Let me tell you, you fall in love with Jesus. You build a relationship with him. You fall in love with him, and you surrender to the Holy Spirit. You are led by, by the promptings of God and what God is leading you to do. Because here's the thing, y'all. We all get the Holy Spirit from salvation, right? right, right. From receiving the finished work of Jesus Christ, repenting, right? The Holy Spirit. We become a temple of the Holy Spirit. We get the Holy Spirit from salvation, but the Holy Spirit gets us from surrender. And we all have the same Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have us all the same way. Are, are you under the authority of God? You're going to face attack. You're going to face things. You're going to face things. But guess what? Because you're covered under the authority of God. When those things come, you will be able to stand strong with your family, strong with your wife. This is what you need to do, y'all. Anybody get what's being said this morning? We access the power and authority of God by being under it. You know, even Jesus, he gave the disciples power and authority, y'all. But he, Haley can come up. But he trained, he prepared, and he discipled them beforehand. Jesus had three, three and a half years with the disciples, right? And it was all leading up to the day of Pentecost where the Spirit of God would come, and they would be empowered, and they would go, and they would travel, and they would minister, right? God will use them in mighty ways. Jesus said, greater works in my name shall you do. God used them in mighty ways to preach the gospel, to, to heal the lame and the leper, to open up blind eyes, to cast out demons. But they had to go through some testing and brokenness and things at times. Y'all prepared them. To where whenever they walked in the power and authority, they wouldn't get the big head and think it was all about them. Right? Can you imagine that? Just like God using you like that and all of a sudden... Get puffed up and prideful, get a big head, it's like, oh man, I'm 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 something else, right? Don't be mistaken. The only reason we have authority and power 
is because we're under the authority power. Like Spider-Man was right, right? With great power comes great responsibility, right? When the disciples walked in authority, y'all, when the disciples walked in authority, they knew who was the source of their power and authority. And any chance they got, because there were times, y'all, where the Apostle Paul would come and the disciples would go and God would use them to open up blind eyes and do awesome things. And the people in the community that, that was foreign to them, like, man, what are the, and can I tell you something else real quick? The gifts of the Holy Spirit are still operating in the church of Jesus Christ today. That's what you believe. Oh, it's been said like this. There are scholars and theologians that have said if somebody was locked up in a room for 2,000 years and all they had was the Bible and the New Testament, Old Testament to look through and everything, they would come out thanking and believing that everything that was happening in the book of Acts was still transpiring and taking place. Why? Because the church has never lost its power and authority. Because guess why? Jesus is seated on high. Jesus is in a heaven. He, oh, I'm telling you what, he is seated at the right hand of the, of the Father. We can be seated under a place of authority but whenever you begin to walk in it this is what we do we point to Jesus he gets the glory it's been said like this don't ever let failure get to your heart and don't let success get to your head when you begin to walk in the power and authority of God the only head that should be getting the glory is the head of the church <laughs> Jesus Christ. Conclusion. When you're under God's limitless power and authority, there is nothing. Somebody say nothing. There is nothing in hell that can stop you, that can stop God's will. Oh, man. Some of you are saying this right now. You're saying, why me? Why me, God? Why, why are you allowing me to go through this in my marriage? Why are you allowing me to go through this in my finances? Why are you allowing me to go through this with my child? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is this? Why is that? Could it be that God has entrusted you and he wants you to know that he has given you power and authority? And today is the day where Jesus becomes Lord over your life. And things may take place around you, but what's happening around you won't get inside of your spirit and soul and mind because you're under authority. Some of you need to stop saying, why me? And you need to start saying, try me. Try me, devil. Try me, hell. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Oh, come on. Does anybody in here believe in the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit? Weekly challenge. Submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and walk in power and authority. Submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and begin to walk in power and authority. Anybody receive this word this morning? Come on, stand to your feet this morning if you don't mind. I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to hand over the service to Pastor CJ. Whoever, whoever has hearts to receive and ears to hear, I'm going to pray over you right now. We're going to pray together as a church. If you're in this place, if you're watching online, you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity and this is your moment right now 
to repent of your sins, to believe that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. No one can get to heaven. No one can come to the Father except through him. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship with him. Walk with him day by day. Believe that he is Lord, that he died, and that he rose. In your own way right now, begin to say this prayer. And, and also, we're going to pray right now specifically. In your own way, to say, Lord Jesus, I make you Lord over my life. Forgive me, Lord. I believe that you were Lord. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose. And for everybody else in here, I'm going to pray that you would begin to walk in the power and the authority that God has access for you to grab a hold of. And if you if you feel like, just I'm telling you right now, we're going to make a faith declaration here in a second. But right now, in Jesus' name, I pray over every person and over every marriage, over every soul in this building, God. Each person, God, that has been bullied by the enemy for far too long, God, that has been weighed down with the pressures and worries of this life. Jesus, you said, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and that you would give them rest. So I ask for the peace of God. I ask for the peace of God to be in this building, God. God, right now, in Jesus' name, everything that's not from you, God, that we're carrying, Lord, things that we have been underneath, we release it to you right now in Jesus' name. We make you Lord over our life. Come on, why don't you repeat after me if you believe it. Say, Lord Jesus, I make you Lord over my life. I submit to your power and your authority. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Fight my battles. Make a way. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that my family is under the authority, that my mind is under the authority, that my marriage is under the authority, and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you believe that, can you go ahead and give God praise?